the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Portions of the following program have been pre-recorded. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Wait, let me click the box. I am not a robot. We are live today. Of course we are are live. Live and local. Hey, welcome to The Ride Home. Good to be with you, Kath. I see you've got your pirate jersey on there. This is what happened. Mm. I was getting ready this morning, and I thought, I feel so optimistic about the weather, about baseball, Mm. about the Buccos. I'm wearing another pirate jersey today. Fabulous. So I did. And it paid dividends. 6-2. Went over the Cubbies. Let's go Bucks. I'm glad that they did like a second afternoon game. I know. Because they're a rarity. But you know what it made me think? Mm. I wanted to be there. Of course Just, you did. I, it's like two days in a row, and right. I was like, "Oh, the, why am I not there?" There was a time when we would do that. We right? used to do that. I mean, in I want to say 2015, 2014, 15, we did that every businessman special. We were over there. Now, do they call it businessman special? I don't anymore? know because that was a thing. It was the it, businessman special. Yeah. Right, like mm-hmm. the guys would like jump out of the office, which is what today was. Right, right, a twelve thirty-five start. First of all, nobody's working in town anymore, and there are no, and it's it's and businessmen is verboten. Exactly because that's sexist. Right, so you should be like the workers. But here's the thing: when I walked in, I wasn't thinking that I was left out because it was called the businessman special. <laughs> I wasn't like, am I invited? Nope, nope, you're not. I didn't think that. And you could have joined the game from Zoom today, probably as well, instead of going there in person. Right? Who wants to do that? No, I don't know. Anyway. Happy, it's Wednesday, mm-hmm. Wednesday of Holy Week. Yes, it is. It's hot. It's a warm spring-like day, is 79 when mm-hmm. I came into work today. you have any daffodils at your house? Uh, I have no daffodils. Mm-hmm. I have never in my life planted a bulb of mm-hmm. any sort. Of any sort. If a bulb came up, it was an accident. It was an errant bulb. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so one blew over from somebody else's yard. Well, you know, you can see wild daffodils, like in the woods and whatnot, right? Yes, you can. But I thought you were asking me particularly in about backyard. my backyard. It- is there an aversion? I mean, because to me, like, bulbs are kind of like easy gardening. They probably right? are, but I've just never done it. Right. I do difficult gardening. Which is none at all. <laughs> no, I do a lot of gardening. Oh, really? I do a lot of gardening. Yeah. yeah. What do you mean difficult? Like, you have, like, trellises well, I just and vines? If you, and... If, no, if you were saying that that bulbs are easy gardening, oh, that I'm not doing that, I so I must be doing backwards. difficult gardening. I don't know. Right. I don't do any gardening because... I've got because a herd. Of deer. I've yeah. heard of animals always in yeah. the backyard. Yeah, I don't have any deer in mm-hmm. my area. I have a lot of rabbits, and so I've learned how to garden mm-hmm. around the rabbits. Right. Because I really love them. So garlic, you put it on your plants. Um, whatever they eat, I plant up high, mm-hmm. and they're very short animals. <laughs> they can't hop. <laughs> they no hopping. Well, they hop sometimes, but rarely into these pots that I have. Right. So the rabbit sits there and goes, "I want to go up there." <laughs> But cannot, cannot, Jack. You cannot get up there. Nope. I planted lettuce last year, like five different kinds of lettuce, because Doug Oster told me to. Mm-hmm. And I try to do whatever he says garden-wise. Of course, he's very wise. And uh, my, none of my rabbits got in them. Nice. I planted them up high in containers. 
I went through the whole season with no rabbit really? interference. Who's the farmer in the Peter Cottontail? What's his name? Is that Farmer Brown? Farmer McGregor. McGregor. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. So you are Farmer, farmer Brown is the mystery. G.K. Chesterton's character. <laughs> Worlds apart. <laughs> very different. But they're both fathers. Don't you like Beatrix Potter? Oh, very much so. Aren't they funny? Mm-hmm. They're very funny. And, and beautiful. beautiful. Mm, thank you. Thank you. A Coke. I'm glad we. <laughs> Excellent. I'm glad we both said that. Good, nice. All right. Uh, enough of the okay. Beatrix Potter. Up there, owe me a Coke. Talk, talk about something that wasn't planned Holy in today's smokes, show. right, okay. So without further ado, please, Katha, let's take a look at the news, local, national, worldwide, the top four at four. For Wednesday, April 13th, 2022, number one, you already heard at the uh, top of the hour newscast here at Word FM that the suspect in yesterday's violent rampage in New York City subway system was arrested. Um, police had been looking for a man who I will not name, age 62, since tying a U-Haul van they say he rented to yesterday's subway shooting, where 10 people were shot and wounded and over a dozen more suffered other injuries. The man is facing a federal terror- terrorism charge and a possible punishment of life in prison, authority said. Police still investigating what the motive behind the attack might be. Number two. Russia's response to international outrage over Putin's war in Ukraine has been to double down on propaganda. So all the news stories that we're seeing about what happened in Bucha, in other areas, in Kiev, uh, he's saying that they did not happen. In fact, he's refused, according to CBS News, to even acknowledge any human suffering from what he is calling his, quote, special military operation in Ukraine. Speaking publicly for the first time in more than a week on that operation, he called the war noble and shrugged off peace peace talks, which he said had reached a dead end. It's a very unusual thing, isn't it? It's kind of like he's he's trying to establish his own truth. Right. And he won't be dissuaded by any of the facts. Right. A new world order from his perspective. And it's like you're dealing with someone who feels unhinged. It feels like it makes it feels like he believes this. Yeah, like an alternate reality yeah. from what everybody else is looking at. Right. So it's not like he's just a crazy man trying to convince other people. He actually believes right. it too. But that's the world we live in. If you say it enough, it becomes real. That's why all this conversation about I want to tell you my truth and your truth is so stupid. Right. I hate that phrase because it's either truth. the truth or it's not truth. It's not like you get to pick yours and I get to pick mine. Because if that's okay, then Putin's picking his truth, and what's wrong with that? Right. How's your truth? Number three. Allegheny County health officials said today they have no plans to reinstate the mask mandate like they're doing in Philadelphia. Good. Thank goodness. The announcement from Philadelphia Health Commissioner Dr. Cheryl Bettigol came on Monday as confirmed COVID-19 cases there continued to rise. Mm. Um, As of Wednesday, the county was... See, I don't care how many cases there are. How many people are hospitalized? That's right. the only. Uh, that's what the CDC started tracking. So why are we still even talking about number of cases? I was going to give you a number, but I'm not now. Do not. Because it's just too stupid. Now I'm all hacked off. Number four. A listen knock-in made MLB history last night. Oh, look. My phone's going off. How about that? Breaking coconut news. Good. Alyssa Nockin made MLB history on Tuesday night, becoming the first woman in league history to coach on the field Boom. in a regular season game. <laughs> The San Francisco Giants assistant replaced Richardson at first base in the third inning after he was ejected during their game against the San Diego Padres at Oracle Park. Super cool. Listen to this. 
This is what she said. I love this. She said, the game of baseball isn't discriminatory. It's more the mentality. Do you have the strength and talent to be at this level, regardless of your gender? I feel pretty strongly, she said, that baseball is not discriminatory, but a lot of people think girls can't be coaches or whatever. It's kind of silly. Now, my personal insecurities are I'm kind of young, and I haven't coached at the major league level before, but it's never been because I have a ponytail. Hmm. So good. I love it so much. I love it Super so much. Super exciting. That's your top four at four. Very nice. Okay, we'll take a, a quick break. Pastor Eric Andre is with us she's in not, a few minutes. She's not insecure about her ponytail. No, she's not. Who would be? Right? Yes. Heck, I'd like to have one. you got to celebrate it. Would you like to have one? Yeah. Chrissy's got a big old she's ponytail. Got, you have a great ponytail you today, sure do. Christy. It's work, working Thank it. Thank you. But he said something about his ponytail. That should never happen. No. No. Never. Well, well, I like to How about John with a man bun? A man bun. I would pay to see that. That a would man. be so great. <laughs> Please, let's start growing it today. <laughs> It'd be a miracle. Let's sprinkle that. Okay, uh, take a quick break. We do come back. Uh, Peter's threefold and your, including me, failure. That's next. Pastor Eric Andre here, the Wednesday edition of The Ride Home on Holy Week. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. It's 101.5 Word FM. WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. Are you looking for victory in your life? God did not cause us and call us to fail, but to be victorious. And I love the New Testament that says that our Lord Jesus causes us always to triumph. Not sometimes, always to triumph. Hear Adrian Rogers' series, Victory in Jesus, this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. Creation Festival 2022 is your summer destination. June 29th through July 2nd at Agape Farm, Shirleysburg, PA. Featuring Zach Williams, We the Kingdom, Bethel Music, Newsboys, Dante Bow, Red, and many more. Creation Festival, a tribute to our creator. Come for the day or the entire event and go home changed. Compassion International presents Creation Festival. Get half-off tickets now while they last exclusively at wordfm.com slash creation. Why doing it right, roofing, siding, remodeling? It's simple. It's in their name. Doing it right uses only top quality materials and employs only experienced installation and management people to install and oversee your project. Family owned and operated for 38 years and with over 45 years of industry experience, you can be confident that your project will be installed the correct way. Doing It Right does business honestly, taking no money down and collecting balance upon completion. You will receive a lifetime labor warranty from Doing It Right. Doing It Right does all work to Manufacturers, National Roofing Contractors Association, and Vinyl Siding Institute guidelines and specifications for a complete and headache-free installation. Doing It Right is an Owens Corning Platinum Contractor and James Hardy Preferred Contractor. Most importantly, they're affordable, offering great financing options and accepting all major credit cards. Be sure to mention John and Kathy for a discount off your roofing, siding, and remodeling estimates. Call 724-NEW-ROOF or find them at roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com. Every summer, Pine Valley Camp changes lives, not just for the more than 100 underserved kids who attend each week, but for the many high school and college-age volunteers and staff who work with them as lifeguards, cooks, camp counselors, and more. If you're 16 to 25, love working with kids and helping to foster a fun, safe Christian family environment, apply now at pinevalleycamp.org. Pine Valley Camp, rebuilding broken lives through Jesus Christ. In Beaver County, camp opens mid-June. The Mechanical 
can fix the big stuff, you can fix the small stuff. The Mechanical Services Company, formerly QDOT, has fixed HVAC systems large and small for over 100 years for fair treatment, expert service, and affordable solutions. Find them online at TMSCHVAC.com. The Mechanical Services Company, trusted, proven, referred. If you follow along at home during Holy Week, right, there is a progression, there is a chronological timeline of what happened thousands and thousands of years ago. It's fascinating. Pastor Eric Andre is with us. He is the campus chaplain, Lutheran Student Fellowship of Pittsburgh, and pastor, associate pastor at First Trinity Church in North Oakland neighborhood. Eric, welcome back. Hey, it's great to be with you guys. How are yeah, you? nice to see you, Eric. We're good. Yeah, always good. And happy that you're with us. Yeah, I'm glad you were able to set aside some time during Holy Week to be with us. Um, okay, so start us out. Um, what story captivated you when you were thinking about this Holy Week? Yeah, we have services here at First Trinity every day of Holy Week, beginning this past Sunday at Palm Sunday. And we read the passion accounts from each evangelist Um we, uh, we had the count of St. Matthew on Palm Sunday, yesterday, last night from Mark, this evening from Luke, and then on Friday from John. And every year, as, as many of our listeners, many of your listeners, I mean, I'm struck uh, by, by Peter and the, the, the story of Peter, the narrative of Peter. Uh, but also every year, uh, and this is one of the you know, wonderful things about Holy Scripture, there are things that hit me in a different way or, or more deeply or, exactly. or even for the first time, something I noticed for the first time. And what really struck me this year, having read through two of the accounts now and, and preaching on one of them, is that we're, we're, very, we're all very familiar with Peter's threefold denial of, of our Lord, of his Lord, uh, during his passion. But there's really more that builds up to that more of Peter's failure. And I don't want to pick on Peter because I think Peter is us. I think Peter in every way is us. Uh, I mean, I certainly feel that way, even in terms of personality, kind of this rash boldness that I'm often guilty of myself. But even before that threefold denial, I do not know the man calling down curses upon himself there as he's gathered around the fire. Um, It begins earlier, you know, in Matthew 16, when Jesus again tells the apostles, that he's going up to Jerusalem, that he's going to suffer many things, that he's going to be spat upon, mocked, and killed, and resurrected, he points out. Peter immediately takes him aside. And, you know, just picture this, right? He takes his Lord aside, and he rebukes him. Uh, I mean, he literally says in the Greek, God forbid it. God forbid that this should happen to you. This will never happen to you, right? This will ne- I will. I will not allow this, is what's implicit in it. And Peter there, I think, is speaking not just for himself, but for all of the apostles. Um, It's interesting, too, there, this this kind of what we might call negativity bias. Each time that Jesus predicts his passion, his suffering, he also promises the resurrection. But they they don't hear that part somehow. They just focus on, no, we're not going to let you suffer. And, of course, Jesus rebukes him in turn and says, you do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Get behind me, Satan. So, So Peter even before they've entered Jerusalem, begins with this rebuking of his Lord's atoning work. You know, he doesn't get it. They don't get it. Um, and then it continues. Uh, I mean, Jesus has now been instructing them for some, probably about three and a half years. They're in the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, 
Judas comes to betray him. There's the arrest. And what does Peter do? In his rash boldness, in his ignorance, he pulls out his sword and he's ready to fight. And he, I mean, and this, you know, this could, <laughs> this could have led to an entire huge revolt. He cuts off the high priest servant ear, Malchus's ear. And of course, Jesus tells him, put your sword back. You know, as he tells Pilate later, don't you think I could call down legions of angels? Don't you think my servants would fight for me? Of course, and that was what Peter was ready to do. But again, it was a misunderstanding, really a denial of why Christ had come, not to establish an earthly kingdom, not a kingdom of this world, but something completely new, the, the, the kingdom of the new covenant. And then finally, the, the one that we most focus on and are most familiar with, his, his, again, his threefold denial there uh, in the courtyard. But there is this kind of progression that builds up to all of that. And it really struck me how Peter, how the apostles, and how we don't get it. Each year we go through this time. Each year we go through Holy Week. Each year we anticipate and then celebrate the resurrection. And each year, in various ways, we have rebuked our Lord. We have tried to fight for him through the sword of political or cultural might. Um, thinking that that's what the kingdom hinges on. And then in word and deed, whether through silence or otherwise, we have also denied our Lord more than three times. We're, we're Peter. We think Peter doesn't get it. We don't get it. Right. You know, we, we, we don't get it. Yeah, and we see this, like you, you're saying, every year something pops out at you a little different, which is part of the majesty and beauty, beauty of Scripture. But uh, that narrative is there, and we're quick to, myself, indict myself, point the finger and go, come on, Peter, don't you know better? Like, you know, you've been with Jesus, like you said, Eric, the pastor, for the last three and a half years. You, of all people, should know better than anybody walking on the earth, and still you fail. I've been been walking with Jesus, and he's been walking with me for 50 years. Yeah. And I, and, I, and I still have daily need of, of confession of guilt and failure. But see, that's the beauty because there's the, par- the flip side of this, the parallel side of this is, is Christ's response, right? And Christ's response to Peter rebuking him, of course, most immediately and initially, it is Christ's response of, of the law, right, of condemnation. No, Peter, you don't have in mind the things of God. Get behind me, Satan. There's definitely that, and that's important, and that's vital. Otherwise, Peter wouldn't, I think, awaken up out of his, out of his stupor there. Um, but there's also ultimately Christ's response of intercession, that his high priestly prayer that he prays uh, the night of his betrayal, or he prays to the Father that no one, uh, that he would lose none of these. And he doesn't. He doesn't ultimately lose Peter, right? We know that. And he doesn't ultimately lose us. He holds on to us through his word, uh, through claiming us as his children in baptism. And so his response to Peter and us rebuking him and wanting to think the ways of the world and the ways of men is to intercede for us and to hold on ever more tightly. His response for us and Peter fighting in the way of this world and the way of a kingdom of this world is that he dies for us. He takes, he heals the servants here and Peter's sword of the world and the Roman spear from a soldier that pierces him on the cross. And he takes a sword into himself. He dies for Peter he dies for John. He dies for Kathy. He dies for me. He dies for the world. And, and thereby, he, he establishes a kingdom not of this world. His kingdom has come, as we pray in the Lord's Prayer. There it comes on the cross. There is his throne. There is his crown of thorns. There is his purple 
blood-soaked robe of majesty. That's his response. And then, of course, finally, for our denial, for Peter's denials, there's forgiveness. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. I think that word extends not only to those immediately standing there at the foot of the cross, it extends to Peter's denial. It extends to you and me. And then finally, we know that he reinstates Peter, right? In John 21, he has a threefold reinstatement. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? He reinstates Peter. And he reinstates us. I mean, his mercies are new every morning. Every word of absolution, every benediction that blesses at the end of the service, every pardon that we receive in the sacrament, every promise of scripture that we hear from our parents and our pastors and our friends reinstates us into into his fold of his and his company of, of disciples. Amen. The Reverend Eric Andre is with us, campus chaplain at Lutheran Student Fellowship of Pittsburgh and at First Trinity Church in the North Oakland part of Pittsburgh. Um, Eric, as you're talking about Peter, I'm just, uh, I'm overwhelmed thinking about what he became. And that's the restoration part that comes after the forgiveness that you talked about just now. I mean, you think about that epic sermon that he preaches in Acts, or you yeah. think about the, 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 the quality of what his mindset is in First and Second Peter. It is yeah. so, that is yeah. the same person who yeah. denied Jesus. You want to talk about what forgiveness and repentance and restoration do for a person. I mean, it's, it's really astounding. What restoration and what resurrection mm-hmm. does yes. a person, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Because everything changes with Christ's resurrection. You know, I mean, it's it's only Holy Wednesday. We got Good Friday. We got Holy Saturday. We got Monday, Thursday. But we, we, know, we know the end of the story. Peter didn't know it then, but he knew it after the resurrection. He mm-hmm. knew the resurrection, the ascension. And you're so right, Kathy. I mean, that changes everything. And then, and then he writes in 1 Peter, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance corruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, but the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. That is so amazing. It sure is. So beautiful. That is just amazing. Um, I was also thinking of um, how comfortable he became with the idea of suffering for the gospel. How comfortable. I mean, to the point where in Second Peter he says, don't be surprised when this happens to you. Mm-hmm. Don't don't be surprised. Like I mean, it's just the evolution of his of his. I guess we're watching his sanctification, right? Where we have like a little window into it. And I don't know. I think it's one of the most beautiful stories. I I mean, I get emotional to, to be yeah. honest, thinking and, and talking to you guys about this. It's yeah. uh, it's it is totally remarkable. I think it's. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can't add much more. And, and you know, this in our, in our day and age, so many of us, myself included, we, we chafe at suffering that whether it's imposed on us from others, from the culture, of course, often it's imposed on us by ourselves. Yes. And, and we chafe at it, we resist it. And of course, we should not necessarily seek out suffering for its own sake, but we should know that as Paul said, it is appointed unto us. And as Peter said, as you referenced, this is not a strange thing. 
Don't act as if this is a strange thing. Mm -hmm. The Lord went before you and showed you the way. There is no glory unless it's through suffering. There is, there is no, there is no life unless it's through the resurrection from the dead. Um, and, and, and there is no forgiveness without the atoning sacrifice of Christ. And we take up our crosses and follow him. And uh, this is what is promised to us. And it's, uh, and it's not, you know, it's not a burden. Uh, it shouldn't, it's a blessing. It's a strange blessing, but it's a blessing because Christ, of course, walks there with us. He is with us in the midst of all of our, our, our trials. He's Emmanuel from, from his birth to his resurrection, to his, to his return. He's Emmanuel, God with us. Mm -hmm. And that is the beauty Mm -hmm. as we follow along on Wednesday of this Holy Week. Pastor Eric Andre is with us from First Trinity Church in the North Oakland neighborhood here in the city of Pittsburgh. Uh, Pastor, before you leave us, I love that First Trinity has a service every day during this week. Uh, Talk about that and talk about First Trinity. Yeah, so every uh, every night during Holy Week, we have service at 7 p.m. I'll be preaching tonight on forgiveness will be the theme uh, and on Friday afternoon, during our Lord's final hours of crucifixion, we have the Traore, a three-hour service from 12 to 3. People are free to come and go as they wish or stay for the whole thing. Saturday night is my favorite service of the year, my favorite spiritual event of the year. Everything's spiritual, but I think you know what I mean. The Easter Vigil, the Great Vigil of Easter, we start outside with a, a fire in the dark, and we shift from darkness to light. From Lent to Easter, we even change vestments. We, pastors, we change our clothes during the service from violet to the white of, of Easter. Uh, we go from, from from death to life. It's a long service. It's uh, close to two and a half hours. Um, we have a baptism this year, uh, an, adult, an adult baptism, one of our international students. Lovely. Uh, and then Sunday morning, uh, Easter Sunday, 11 o'clock in the morning, we have Every Sunday we have service at 11. Every Sunday is a mini resurrection, but of course this is the great resurrection of our Lord this Sunday. So if, if, uh, if listeners don't have a place to worship or if their church doesn't offer services every, every day of the week, uh, as many don't, you're certainly welcome to come visit with us and we would be uh, pleased to have you here as our, our guest, our friend, our brother and sister in Christ. Fabulous. Eric, friend, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for your, your preaching and teaching and uh, the friendship you continued here with The Ride Home. We uh, appreciate your presence here. Hey, thank you, guys. Mm-hmm. You guys keep up the good work, and blessed Holy Week and blessed Easter. Amen. Good to see you, Eric. Thank you so much. Eric Andre, as he said, if you don't have a place to worship or if you want to worship tonight, tomorrow, Friday, Saturday First night. Trinity, yeah, First Trinity Church in North Oakland. First Trinity, Pastor Eric Andre. When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. And speaking of zero... Right now, get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee with prices set to increase on all exterior products. Lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate and inspection today at windowsarustpittsburgh.com. You've tried the rest, now try the best. windowsarustpittsburgh.com. Hi, it's me, Marsha, at the Springhouse. 
Did you know Easter's springing up on us? And quickly, too. Do you know what that means at the Spring House? Well, first of all, it means you can enjoy the freshest, tastiest fried or baked cod every Friday night on the farm. It also means it's time to call and order your Springhouse Easter goodies. Our hickory smoked hams are extra special. We use only real hickory wood from the farm to slowly smoke these old-fashioned treats to perfection. Order a whole or half, and we'll send along cooking instructions, too. Mmm, how about Springhouse scalloped potatoes and homemade applesauce to go without ham? Finish off your meal with a from-scratch Springhouse coconut cream pie or custard pie or a chocolate log cake. Oh, and you can even decorate your table with our adorable bunny breads and eat them too. Easter also means our annual Springhouse Easter egg hunt and Palm Sunday feast. Check us out at springhousemarket.com for all the details. Celebrate this most joyous holiday at the Springhouse in 84, Pennsylvania. The Mechanical Services Company Trusted you can fix the big stuff, you can fix the small stuff. The Mechanical Services Company, formerly QDOT, has fixed HVAC systems large and small for over 100 years for fair treatment, expert service, and affordable solutions. Find them online at tmscHVAC.com. The Mechanical Services Company, trusted, proven, referred. Right now, there are young people across the world facing a tough choice. Continue their dream of education or drop out to help their family put food on the table. You can help change their future in a single moment. See how far your support can go at unbound.org. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. We'll see considerable clouds for tonight. It'll be mild with a shower in the area, mainly early, the low 60. couple of morning showers tomorrow, otherwise breezy and cooler, with clouds giving way to some sunshine. The high 63, temperatures falling, though, to the upper 50s. Partly cloudy and cooler tomorrow night, low 41. Sunshine and patchy clouds Friday, the high 65. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. April is National Poetry Month, and uh, we've been spotlighting a poem a day throughout the month of April. And uh, today, Kath, on this holy uh, Wednesday, you have a, um, I would say it's a holy poem. Mm -hmm. I would too. This is by John Donne. It was written somewhere between 1609 and 1610. Wow. Published in 1633. Uh, This is called Death Be Not Proud. Death Be Not Proud, though some have called thee mighty and dreadful. For thou art not so. For those whom thou thinkst thou dost overthrow die not, poor death, nor yet canst thou kill me. From rest and sleep, which but thy pictures be, much pleasure, then from thee much more must flow, and soonest our best men with thee do go, rest of their bones and soul's delivery. Thou art slave to fate, Chance, kings, and desperate men, and dust with poison, war, and sickness dwell. And poppy or charms can make us sleep as well, and better than thy stroke, why swellst thou then? One short sleep past, we wake eternally, and death shall be no more. Death, thou shalt die. 
John Donne, yep. 1610. Death, be not proud. Right? You think you got us. You're not that big of a deal. <laughs> well, we spend a lot of time mm-hmm. trying to stay away from death, fearful of death, right? That's what this week is about, yes. right? Mm-hmm. All the fears we have taken right. on someone else for our good. It's a fabulous week. It really is. We'll take a quick break. When we do come back, we've got much more ahead. It is the uh, 5 o'clock hour of the ride home. We're going to go to um, Cambridge. Uh, We'll go across the pond. This. And visit with our friend Sheridan Voise. And uh, much more ahead. So stay with us, won't you please? Right back. If a super flexible schedule, great benefits, paid time off, and a signing bonus sound good, consider NAMS Transportation. NAMS has provided safe transportation to northern Allegheny County and Pittsburgh seniors for over 40 years. Van drivers start at $17 an hour, sedan drivers at $14 an hour, plus a $2,000 signing bonus for part-time drivers and a $4,000 signing bonus for full-time. Must be 25 or older, no CDL required. Call 412-406-8611 today. The goal of this commercial is to show you that if you buy a new home this year without using our two advantages, you will probably have made a pretty big boo-boo financially. I learned that word from my nieces. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, and today we announce something brand new. For Word FM listeners on new home purchases this year, we will now pay $1,000 of your closing costs. And there's no gimmicks. We simply believe that home purchases are going to go up this year, and we want to excite you to use us. The second advantage is our direct lender advantage. Our mortgage team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money within its own walls. There's no middleman, which often allows us to get you a better rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money. So don't make a boo-boo. Take advantage of our new $1,000 lender credit and our direct lender advantage. We our United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Train up a child in the way they should go. Well, you know the rest. It's a calling you take very seriously as a Christian parent. And Trinity Christian School in Forest Hills seeks to honor your commitment by working together with parents to prepare students who are academically sound and spiritually ready to take their place in the world through a classical approach to education that helps build a faith from which they will never depart. Trinity Christian School, one of the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County at trinitychristian.net. I had somebody ask me the other day if this is my real voice. Word FM presents a night out with comedian Chad. Thornsbury. Like if I had the talent to do voices, this is the one I'm picking. 7 p.m. May 20th at Impact Christian Church, Moon Township. A buddy of mine, he's a comic, he's from Australia, and talks like, wow, did you hear that accent? I bet that means he is great with women. And they hear me talks like, wow, did you hear that accent? I bet that means he can fix my tractor. General admission, just $30 each. Tickets on sale now. Which I can, but that's not the point. That's the At wordfm.com slash night out. I don't know about you, but this last year, have you been lost a lot? Have you just wandered around sometimes, you know, 
distance from God or from those you love, of course, physically, or just, you know, from your own innate sense of self. You kind of think, what, what is going on? I, it, it was hard to sort of grasp onto something that had metal, that something that you could invest in, that you could trust. I'll just speak from my own perspective here. Sheridan Voise is with us. He is a regular guest on our show, a writer, a speaker, a broadcaster, here today to talk to us about being lost in the wilderness. Hi, Sheridan. Hey, John. Hi, Kathy. Gosh, and just what you've said there, I could say, yes, I felt a little bit lost over these last few months. I, I would like to know anybody who hasn't felt a bit lost. Uh, if so, can you get in t- contact with us? Because I'd like to know what supplements you're taking mm-hmm. <laughs> because I want some. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so it, it's the pandemic. It's uh, the loss of a job. It's a new diagnosis. It's the loss of a loved one. It's uh, having to move. It's whatever it is. Everybody's wilderness looks a little different. Um, right. So now the wilderness we're talking about, for people who are listening who aren't familiar with the, uh, the scriptural story, um, let's fill them in. So the, the Israelites wandered in the wilderness. That kind of gives us a metaphor for kind of the, the spiritual or psychological places that we could be in. So Sheridan, take us back. Yeah, you think about that um, that backstory, and so you know um, Moses and uh, the children of Israel have been kind of liberated from Egypt, and then they go on this little journey. You know, the scholars say that really the journey to the quote promised land really could have been done in maybe about ten, twelve, fourteen days or so, wow. but it turned out to be a forty year journey as they kind of went around in circles and went this place and that place. And then finally, the time was right for them to move into the promised land. And, you know, it really does turn out to be an amazing metaphor for our our physical lives, our spiritual lives. Certainly, it's a biblical metaphor for everything that Jesus went through. You see, right at the beginning of his ministry, what does he do? He is led by the Spirit out into the wilderness where he fasts for 40 nights and 40 days. Um, and so he has that experience of reliving the Israelites' journey just in that one moment, being tempted in the same way that they were tempted and yet coming out uh, faithful to the end. But of course, then there is the second wilderness that he goes through, which if we were to jump back in time, just imagine we were to zoom back and watch the events of Easter happen in real time. Well, within a few hours from tonight, you know, there would be the Last Supper and then there would be the moving out to the Garden of Gethsemane and there would be everything that follows then and Jesus would enter another wilderness. And, you know, I think that's just a great invitation that then when we go through our our own wilderness journeys, for all of those causes you've mentioned and more, uh, we know that there is already somebody who's entered the wilderness, been through it, and has come out the other side. Okay, so if Jesus here on earth was lost in his own wilderness, when we go through our own wilderness, and of course, what's interesting, Sheridan, as you're saying is, you know, Jesus went through one lost wilderness, kind of found his footing, and then followed on to another chapter in the lost wilderness. If it happened to Jesus, it's going to happen to us repeatedly. So good news, bad news, right? Right, right. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked before about the wilderness that my wife and I went through. And for us, it was infertility, and it was 10 years trying to have a child that was the promised land for us. And we never reached the promised land. We never got it. And for somebody else listening, it might be the marriage that they've always wanted. Uh, It might be the career they've always wanted. Some kind of wilderness, and you feel like the wilderness for us is that barren place between 
longing and fulfillment where you kind of wander and journey and search, but you never seem to be able to reach that promised land. Uh, and as the book of Hebrews says, John, just as you're kind of touching on there, everything that he's kind of gone through, well, that gives him empathy because then he can deal with our situation too. And of course, then there's a whole level of this on top of this, which is our own wrongdoing, our own sinful actions, which take us into a, a wilderness of you know, separation from God and separation from other people and separation from our own very selves very often. Um, and all of that is wrapped up in this amazing Easter moment, which begins, you know, in the church calendar, it begins tonight, really. Mm-hmm. When we're in our own wilderness, uh, this is at least what has been my experience, Sheridan, is it's hard to see somebody else's. I mean, you can know it in your head, but it's almost like you don't have enough, at least I felt like I didn't have enough emotional space to recognize someone else's. That didn't mean that I was trying to denigrate anyone else's. It's just that it, I guess what I'm saying is it's an overpowering moment Mm -hmm. um, and it kind of takes all your reserve. And so for people out there who are, who are in a wilderness moment, um, I guess I just want to say, I, I remember that overwhelmed feeling. I remember of just, you know, feeling like, was I ever going to get out of it? Was there an end to it? Yeah. It really can. I mean, I was talking to somebody today and um, they were saying, well, thanks for the reminder because I've been in the wilderness a long time. And sometimes it's hard Mm -hmm. to ever think that it's going to end in some kind of way, you know. And look, the fact is that this is a broken world and this is a tough world. And gosh, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could just be here and say, you know what, within a few hours, within a few days, everything will be fine for you. (laughs) Sometimes it's not. Sometimes, actually, it's very difficult and that wilderness is a time of tr- um, of draining and so you don't have very much to give. And, you know, it's kind of nice when you can just give yourself a little bit of space in that. But, you know, there really is that, that note of hope that I think that the mm-hmm. Easter message gives. You know, I was supposed to speak um, via Zoom just as we're doing now, both broadcasting on air but also via Facebook or wherever we are now. I was supposed to kind of zoom in to speak at a church two Sundays ago, and they'd given me the topic of joy. And uh, a couple of days before I was supposed to to speak, they lost one of their members of their church to COVID. And Paul was his name. He was only in his mid-30s. He was young. He had a young wife, two very young children. He was fit. He wasn't ill. Uh, Everybody was expecting him to pull through. You can imagine that that was no time to talk about joy. That was time to talk about the wilderness, mm-hmm. talk about that experience. Because, you know, they were saying, well, we prayed. We prayed faithfully. We were expecting that he was going to pull through. What happened with that? So in a case like that, well, they don't have Paul coming back straight away. Their promised land, as much as they would all love it and wish it, is not going to happen. But I think this is the key thing for us to remember in this time in this time in the church calendar when we remember Easter, we remember what Jesus has done, is that, yes, everything starts tonight in terms of all the horrible wilderness experience that Jesus will go through. He'll be betrayed by his friends who can't even stick around and pray with him. Right. And he's about to kind of face his worst moment. Within a few hours from now, if we were there, uh, Judas is going to arrive with the tribe. And uh, then Jesus is going to be arrested, and then the trial is going to happen overnight. Jesus won't sleep now for another few days. Uh, he hasn't slept for a whole, you know, 24 hours probably before now, and now it's going to continue on. And then uh, by tomorrow morning, he's going to be crucified. But Sunday morning, those rumors 
start to scatter around. And by Sunday evening, the wilderness that disciples have been in, the wilderness of grief and loss and everything going upside down because they thought Jesus was going to fix it all immediately, is, of course, flipped upside down when he reveals himself to them. And, you know, we've talked about this before. We wait until that final time Mm -hmm. when all is made well. We wait until that final time when he comes back and restores everything, makes everything new. Um, In the meantime, there will be those moments that we are able to minister and serve other people in the midst of our wilderness in a way we otherwise never, ever could. That's been the personal experience that I've had for Merrin and myself with infertility and other things that actually God equips you, just as he did in Israel's day, for um, a new understanding of who he is, a new understanding of who you are. Uh, In fact, it's in the wilderness that God reveals himself to be father. That's Mm -hmm. nowhere else in scripture until you get to the book of Deuteronomy. So it's in the wilderness we discover big things about God, and then we discover ourselves as children of God. And it's in the wilderness that Jesus kind of came out, that first wilderness, and then started his mission. And certainly that's a time that we can then have a brand new mission, a new transition to um, a new life given to us as well. So yes, there are times when our own wildernesses are incredibly draining, but you may wait and see that even if you don't get what you wish for in its original sense, you might start to see God doing very surprising things through you as you wait. Mm-hmm. Shared in Voise is with us. Look from online at sharedinvoise.com. So, Sheridan, uh, this day you're talking about, right? And as you're saying, the timeline is that in a little bit, Jesus will be in the garden. And the disconnect between that longing and fulfillment, I mean, Jesus is so afraid that he is so anxious, he's sweating blood. Mm. I think, you know, in the heartbreak and the, the disconnect in our own lives, we've all experienced that. So, I mean, it's just a good thing to think, well, if Jesus was there... Uh, give me peace, Lord, and, and not that I, you know, I do I want to suffer? No. Do I need to suffer? It's just part of the human condition. So if God's been there before us, then when this is all said and done and our earthly ties are ripped away and we are with the Lord, hopefully someday soon, then it all will be right and well. But boy, that journey, I mean, mm. if, if Jesus is sweating blood, then what hope do we have? Gosh, you know, and that speaks to maybe the listener who's with us and they're suffering from anxiety or depression. Um, Sometimes we can kind of go, oh, gosh, if only I was stronger. Um, Mm -hmm. If only, you know, I was maybe this is something to do with my sinfulness or something along those lines. Again, I spoke to a friend a few days ago, actually, who was feeling like she'd really failed because um, she's a nurse, she's on the front lines, and she was just starting to crumble after a year of, of frontline work with COVID, everything okay. over here in the United Kingdom. And she felt like she she wanted to be the strong woman of God uh, in her ward, who everybody else looked up to. And here she was, she was crumbling. She needed to take some time off. And, you know, it was a really special moment as we, as actually a home group, kind of went through uh, just this very exact same passage of talking about Jesus going through Gethsemane. And there he is, he's in, quote, anguish. He's in anxiety. He's in a sense of depression. Uh, and this is a sinless son of God. I think there is something freeing about that, that mm-hmm. in the midst of these difficulties, um, some of these things that we experience are not down to our fallenness or our sinfulness. They're actually part of going through a very horrendous and difficult time. 
none of of it, of course, as bad as what Jesus has gone through. But yes, uh, sweating drops of blood. I mean, if we're to take that literally, I know there's a technical word for the medical condition, but it's talking about extensive stress on the system that would even force the blood vessels to actually pop and then kind of make their way through the skin. That's excessive stress. And this is a man without sin. So we're talking about stresses and strains that come in the world that Jesus has gone through um, and will carry us through as a result. We are not dealing with somebody who's far off. All the other religions of the world (laughs) have a very distant God who is far away and holy and transcended um, or either, you know, very nebulous and maybe a part of us or something. But actually, you know, here's the revelation of of the God who... Jesus came to reveal is that he's a God who's intimately involved in our lives and who comes and and gets his hands dirty and gets his forehead bloody and goes through all of those things with us, who goes through the goes through the experience of having those friends not be able to to pray with him. Um, you know that he goes back three times and he comes back and says, Look, you know, wake up, wake up, pray. And then he goes back a second time. Gosh, you're Asleep again? Can you not even pray with me? Right, and then he comes back a third time, and the third time he actually doesn't even wake them up. <laughs> he uh, just kind of goes back and he prays once more himself, and then Judas and the tribe comes. Um, even in the midst of them letting him down, he kind of is gracious and lets them sleep a little bit longer. Uh, I I can find myself as one of the characters in all of the story, yes. I think, of Easter, and you probably can too. Yeah. I. I'm pretty sure I would have been Peter denying him. Yeah. Of course. I'm pretty sure I would have been one of those disciples yeah. falling asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to be one of the disciples who was there on the Sunday night and they touch mm-hmm. his wounds. Yeah. That's There's fabulous. no point in denying the wilderness because it's very real. There's also no point in denying the hope that Jesus gives to us on Easter. God bless you. And always a really pleasure for your preaching and teaching here on the show. Are you over 65 or turning 65? Whether you're new to Medicare or already have a plan, important changes in Medicare take place every year that most Americans miss. Get your Medicare maximized with Chapter, a free service that makes sure you have the right plan now and continued concierge service whenever you need a change at chapter we instantly compare thousands of plans from the most trusted insurers to find our members the best and most affordable plans for them the right medicare coverage for you including plans to cover gaps in medicare part a and part b important benefits like vision dental and prescription coverage that could save you thousands of dollars each year maximize your medicare with chapter rated a plus by the better business bureau the service is free so call and speak with an advisor let us help your next chapter be the best one yet call See, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month 
And that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch to the customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. When it matters, companies need more than just a delivery service. CentOS delivers full service and the reliability that comes with having a dedicated CentOS service rep who understands your business, which means they deliver confidence and peace of mind, too. For uniforms, cleaning essentials, mats, first aid and safety supplies, and fire protection services, discover the personal attention you get with CentOS. Oh, I'm ready! Visit CentOS.com and get ready for the workday. This day in history, John. Yep. Apollo 13 announced Houston, we've got a problem. Mm -hmm. You have any idea what year that was? Um... 1972. 70. 70? hmm Houston, we got a problem. Of course, because it, it's Apollo 13. Right. So, 69, they did Apollo 11. Okay. 1970. Yep. It's a great movie. I was really shocked in talking to my kids uh, over Christmas break how neither one of them have ever seen it. Really? Christy, have you seen Apollo 13? Nope. No. <gasps> oh my god! Because the space thing—it's it's passed them by. It's such a great movie. It's an improbable story. It's an inspiring story. Yeah, yeah. American can do it. Favorite scene. The favorite scene is whenever they assemble the exactly. the instruments exactly. of things that they think. Okay, what's up there? When he brings in the box and they dump and just the box, throws it on the conference and all the table. guys in the white shirts, the short the white sleeves, and the hard horn rim glasses. They look at it and go, uh, and then they just dive into it and get to work. It's a, it's, it's a fabulous. It's scene. so incredible. Makes you cry. I, mean, I can't believe. I cannot believe that worked. Yeah, I can't either. You think those guys would have just perished out it's there? It's just the power of it is the power of human ingenuity. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's just I can't get over how epic it is. This day in history. This day in history. I love it. April thirteenth, so nineteen seventy. Excellent. What if any of those guys are still alive? You know, Jim Lovell. Jim Lovell is the only one whose name I can think of right now. Yeah, Jim Lovell. Uh, and Jim Lovell, of course, was a big. I mean, he was a gigantic in aerospace many, many years after. That. I mean, essentially, when those guys came home, they were ma- they were made. Oh, are you kidding me? For the rest, because they were American heroes, right? Right. And because they almost perished on yeah. the outskirts of the atmosphere. Yeah. And of course, the true heroes. I mean, of course, nothing to take away from. But the guys on the ground. Oh yeah. I mean, how do you even come up with something like that? And I always thought it was Houston, we have a problem. It's not. But it's not that, apparently. This date. The crew... Yeah, tell me. Jim Lovell. Uh, Jim Lovell, who was the commander. Uh Jack Swigert. Right. And Fred Haas. Got it. Who I would not could recognize that name. He was a lunar module pilot. Very cool. Very cool. 
And, you know, you look at the pictures of the service module, how it was oh damaged. Oh, my gosh. And, and it's just, I can't believe they lived. The heat shield, is that going to hold on or not? All those lived. things. Anyway, you might want to celebrate this terrific day in history and watch that movie tonight. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll take a quick break. Come back. Reset for the 5 o'clock hour. Interfaith leaders gathered in Ukraine to appeal for peace. What did that look like? Interfaith leaders. All right, we'll talk about that next. Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, tune in and on Odyssey 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Stocks rose in afternoon trading on Wall Street today as investors reviewed the latest round of corporate earnings and an upbeat report from Delta Airlines bodes well for the airline industry as well. And big news in New York today also. The man wanted in the shooting of 10 people on a subway in Brooklyn was arrested this afternoon, one day after the attack on the crowded rush hour train. Western weapons still streaming into Ukraine. Meanwhile, one Republican congressman says it's too little too late. No, obviously we've been behind the curve since the start of this. Uh, It is much more difficult to get weapons into a country to a partner on the ground when you're in the midst of a conflict than it would have been to do it on the front end. That's Wisconsin Congressman Mike Gallagher. He was interviewed by the Salem Radio Network. And this is SRN News. When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwall. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. And speaking of zero... Right now, get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee with prices set to increase on all exterior products. Lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate and inspection today at windowsarustpittsburgh.com. You've tried the rest, now try the best. windowsarustpittsburgh.com. Why doing it right? Roofing, siding, remodeling? It's simple. It's in their name. Doing it right uses only top quality materials and employs only experienced installation and management people to install and oversee your project. Family owned and operated for 38 years and with over 45 years of industry experience, you can be confident that your project will be installed the correct way. Doing it right does business honestly, taking no money down and collecting balance upon completion. You'll receive a lifetime labor warranty from Doing It Right. Doing It Right does all work to manufacturers, National Roofing Contractors Association, and Vinyl Siding Institute guidelines and specifications for a complete and headache-free installation. Doing It Right is an Owens Corning Platinum Contractor and James Hardy Preferred Contractor. Most importantly, they're affordable, offering great financing options and accepting all major credit cards. Be sure to mention John and Kathy for a discount off off your roofing, siding, and remodeling estimates. Call 724-NEW-ROOF or find them at roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com. Want it done right? Call Doing It Right. Creation Festival 2022 is your summer destination. June 29th through July 2nd at Agape Farm, Shirley'sburg, PA. Featuring Zach Williams, We the Kingdom, Bethel Music, Newsboys, 
Dante Bo, Red, and many more. Creation Festival, a tribute to our creator. Come for the day or the entire event and go home changed. Compassion International presents Creation Festival. Get half-off tickets now while they last exclusively at wordfm.com slash creation. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune into Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. We'll see considerable clouds for tonight. It'll be mild with a shower in the area, mainly early, the low 60. A couple of morning showers tomorrow, otherwise breezy and cooler, with clouds giving way to some sunshine. The high 63, temperatures falling, though, to the upper 50s. Partly cloudy and cooler tomorrow night, low 41. Sunshine and patchy clouds Friday, the high 65. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Portions of the following program are pre-recorded. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today, Wednesday edition. We've decided to turn the show over to AI. We're just going to be artificial intelligence run the entire time. Okay. Right. I'm checking the box. I am a robot. Okay. Right. And that means you don't have to determine which photographs include, you know, crosswalks. (laughs) Right. Do you... Does that drive you crazy? Drives me crazy. Right, because how many times do you have to? I, I mess it I, up. I, I mess it up. Every, me too. I, I can never get it on the first try. Or else I go, is that a dump truck? Right. I'm not. Is, maybe in the distance, there's a dump truck. I think it might be. They're trying to trick me with right? this one. Oh no, it's a street light. Right. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what the heck? I am a robot. I believe that I am. Wait, we were talking about Apollo 13 uh, before the break. Yeah. Uh, Jim Lovell who was the commander of Apollo 13, are still alive at the age of 94. That's outstanding. And Fred Haas, uh, also part of the command, uh, 88, still alive. John Swigert passed away, sadly, at the age of 51 of cancer. Can you imagine on that day in 1970, 50 some years ago, someone telling Jim Lovell, you're going to live another 45 years. Ninety-four years. When he man. thought he was going to die in five minutes, his next breath yeah. could have been gone. Yeah. Boom! That thing. Boom. So it's, it's it's just a great story. Wow. Anyway, uh, so the good news is, uh, amidst all the horror of Ukraine and the, the stories, are, of course, could go on forever and ever. Man's inhumanity, right, and the, all mm-hmm. that war. That people are praying. I'm, I think uh, yeah. we've taken it upon ourselves to pray. And all the different facets, whatever that is, whatever avenue you're taking, whatever focus you're looking at in your prayer life, I, I think a lot of us have said, yes, I'll intentionally pray for Ukraine, for Russia, for all the people, for the leaders, all that, that mess that's going on. So uh, there's a story in Religion News Service about interfaith leaders gather in Ukraine to appeal for peace. So, so kind of like, you know, um, in some areas... Uh, a group of well-known people, the Archbishop of Canterbury, the former Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams. You know that name? Yes. Mm-hmm. Along with Rabbi Jonathan Wittenberg, who is president of the Council of Christians and Jews, 
as well as Buddhists, Muslims, Hindus, and other Christians and Jewish leaders. Uh, Pope Francis also sent along a letter. He says this, The present moment leaves us deeply troubled because it is marked by the forces of evil. All this troubles our consciences and obliges us not to keep silent nor to remain indifferent before the violence of Cain and the cry of Abel, but instead to speak out forcefully in order to demand, in the name of God, the end of these actions. I'm into that. So people are gathering. This is the good news is, right? You see like interfaith services, uh, what that means. Um, Sometimes it gets very complex or political or messy. Uh, The rabbi says, we are not here to speak politics. We are not here to make peace. We are here to be with you. Oh, my gosh. No politics. I love that. We can't. Just our presence alone we hope in some ways is a balm for you, whatever that might look like. He says, this is not a peace delegation and it isn't a summit attempt to move the political process. It's a spiritual, pastoral, and inspirational moment. As people have said, for a change, we weren't thinking about the war. For a change, our minds and hearts, our souls were uplifted to the Lord. That's good news, right? So what do you think? Um, we talked about this briefly off air. The idea of an interfaith prayer service. Now, when we say interfaith, and of course is your believers, you know, like we, the prayer breakfast. We call this a prayer breakfast, but it's essentially a Christian service, mm-hmm. is it not? Yes. But interfaith prayer meetings oftentimes can devolve into a an us versus them mentality right. that we as believers in the Christian faith are the lead dogs on this, so Or to speak. maybe it would devolve into just a lot of namby-pamby, vague terminology because the people there... We're going to play the song Imagine. Right, right. Which or, would be very, which or, would be very meaningful. For or us. we are the world. Right. We are the world. We are the children. How about them people? What about Hands Across America? Don't forget about that. Uh, <laughs> Again, well-meaning. Yes, but yeah, yeah, misconstrued. Yeah. And is there a song for Hands back Across? On it, very odd. Did you just do the Hands Across America? I did. I did Hands Across America. I was on the Boulevard of the Allies. <laughs> Were you? <laughs> yeah. How long ago was that? Uh, I think it was 1986 or five. maybe. Even yeah. the boulevard. And I think, what was the song? I don't know. Hands Across America. Christy, can you look and see if there was a song was was with Hands Across America? Because, you know, it's hard to beat Maybe We Are it the was World. We... No, it no, wouldn't be We Are the World. No, because that was Live Aid, right? We Are the World. Or Farm Aid. I don't know. I think it was Live Aid. Or well, Kool Aid. It's one of the aids. Now, not to diminish these, because, no, of course, right. well meaning. People yes. want to get together yeah, to yeah, help yeah. each other, right? right? But right. there's a certain, you know, sort of cultural ridiculousness to it all yeah looking back i mean i remember at the moment feeling like my friend joanne and i were doing something of great moral value like taking a taking a true stand right i mean i I was living in new york city when that happened so uh, literally i remember being on fifth avenue i was not part of it but but i did witness all the way down fifth avenue i mean there were people holding hands yeah and they were holding hands with me john here in pittsburgh right it's not beautiful and i thought in new york city someone's going to pick your pocket (laughs) someone's going to punch you in the head something bad's going to happen in the line and i was thinking about that i'm thinking are they holding hands in the desert is there someone like you know I don't think in they Utah. actually made it across America. What? I don't think they did. I don't think we, I mean, since I was part of it. <laughs> I don't think The we guys. 
made the it. The group. A, yeah, I don't think we made it. You don't it think across. so? I don't think so. What about sweaty hands? Did you worry about sweaty hands? I, all I remember you, is that my friend Joanne was there with me. I don't remember who's, who sweaty was the hand. other hand I was holding. How long did you hold hands? I mean, it was a while. Half an hour? No. Your hands are going to get sweaty. I want to say like five minutes. Five minutes? That's not that long. No, it was Christy, was your song? Uh, yeah, it what? was We Are the World. Oh, it was We what? Are the World. Okay. And it says it started in lower Manhattan. Continued into Philly, across the United States to Long Beach, California. So it really did. We did do it. That's what it says. We did it, she says. We did it, Christy. We are the world. We are the children. How about them people? We are the ones who make a brighter day. I mean, that was a big hit. That was like MTV, right? There's a choice Lionel Richie. We're saving our own lives. Cindy Lauper. Bono. Mm -hmm. Neil Young. Yeah, it's true. Sting. Mm -hmm. Uh, Michael Jackson, of course. Of course, right? I think Janet. I, mean, might, big, I think Janet might have been there. All the big names of the day. Wish we could play it. Phil he Collins said he got me. Poor Phil. Uh, I mean, he's, I love Phil Collins. So do I. Are you kidding me? But you know, you can't hurry, love. Oh, you just have to wait. <laughs> so don't love, don't come easy. Okay, wait, wait. You it's were a game of give and take. We didn't even get a chance to talk about the ec- ecumenical. <laughs> <laughs> wait, <laughs> sorry. This started out as <laughs> people. And then yeah. as we're all, we ruin things. We devolve. What, what the heck? <laughs> Good intentions. Seriously. Just made a mess of it all. But it's still, it's a funny song. And kind of kitschy. We are the world. It's better than Imagine. It is. Right? It's way better yeah. than Imagine. Yeah. 101.5 WORD. Christ's followers are called to serve. So whether you serve in a local church, in your community, in the home, it's vital to know how to do the basics of Christianity well. Join us as we explore the essentials of effective Christian living this week on Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Tomorrow morning at 6 on 101.5 WORD. Every summer, Pine Valley Camp changes lives. Not just for the more than 100 underserved kids who attend each week, but for the many high school and college-age volunteers and staff who work with them as lifeguards, cooks, camp counselors, and more. If you're 16 to 25, love working with kids and helping to foster a fun, safe, Christian family environment, apply now at pinevalleycamp.org. Pine Valley Camp. Rebuilding broken lives through Jesus Christ. In Beaver County, camp opens mid-June. Have you ever thought you'd like to buy and sell houses but didn't know how or where to get the money? My name is Ron Legrand, and over the past 40 years, I've bought over 3,000 houses without using my money or credit and taught thousands to do the same. Today, even in a virtual environment, we buy nice houses and nice neighborhoods using no banks, realtors, contractors, or other costly entanglements and build huge cash flow and wealth without the hassle of tenants, all without credit and little or no money. You don't need a license or experience, and I'll show you exactly how it's done. Text RON to 99799, and I'll send you my free training. I promise I'll change the way you think about real estate and open the door to a new lifestyle that doesn't involve risk or rehabs and can quickly replace your current income. Text RON to 99799 and let me show you how to take your life back and build cash flow and wealth from your home. That's RON to 99799. Again, text RON to 99799. If a super flexible schedule, great benefits, paid time off, and a signing bonus sound good, 
Consider NAMS Transportation. NAMS has provided safe transportation to Northern Allegheny County and Pittsburgh seniors for over 40 years. Van drivers start at $17 an hour, sedan drivers at $14 an hour, plus a $2,000 signing bonus for part-time drivers and a $4,000 signing bonus for full-time. Must be 25 or older, no CDL required. Call 412-406-8611 today. The Mechanical Services Company. You can fix the big stuff, you can fix the small stuff. The Mechanical Services Company, formerly QDOT, has fixed HVAC systems large and small for over 100 years for fair treatment, expert service, and affordable solutions. Find them online at tmschvac.com. The Mechanical Services Company, trusted, proven, preferred. As people return to their offices post-COVID, and I say post-COVID, hoping that it's post-COVID. Have you noticed a change here in our our Yes. Not much, though. No. Not as much as I expected, but it's definitely more than it was three months ago. I got on an elevator with someone for the first time, like, shared an elevator space. He was surprised, and so was I. Yeah. Hey, what? Hey. What are you doing? I know. It's just kind of weird. Back off a little. The only way that I can measure this is by the cars in the parking lot. And it still feels, I mean, the, here at Parkway Center, this lot used to be so full. I'd drive, had, yet I'd drive around looking for a spot. Or you'd use the, the lot across the road, yep, down right, the hill, right? and have to walk up. Now you can park, you know, a, a, a row or two back. It's amazing what the difference is. Yeah. But uh, studies show that people are coming back to work, albeit slowly, depending on what their um, corporate regulations are or their small business regulations. And when it comes to regulations, it's not about whether you simply work at home or work at work, but what you're wearing if you come to work. So I'm looking at bizjournal.com. Saw an article yesterday which talked about how the whole economics of dressed clo- of dress clothes have completely changed over the last two years. That if you would go into a store that previous to COVID would have for women dresses – would have heels, would have jackets, would have that sort of thing. Now they've switched almost exclusively. They'll have a few dresses, maybe in the back, maybe one in the front, but they'll be mostly casual wear. Hmm. So the the LBD, the little black dress, has been replaced by the LBP, the little black pants. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Are they sweatpants? They're not. Some of them can be sweatpants, but they're called, this is the, the term, knitwear. 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 So comfortable, lightweight. Exactly. Stretchy, Mm -hmm. right? So you could put a blazer over them Mm -hmm. if you wanted to, but you didn't have to. So if maybe you have a client meeting, then you could put a blazer on, maybe if I'm talking from a woman's perspective, put a pair of heels on Mm -hmm. and look, you know, relatively presentable. Put together. Or if you were just going to be in your office most of the day, you might skip the heels. You might wear flats or tennis shoes or whatever, skip the blazer, and then you're wearing something that you'd just be comfortable just hanging out at home in. Makes sense. Have you been tempted to fall into that? I was just looking at my closet because of course it's the time of year when we're starting to contemplate the switch. Like, do I put my turtlenecks yeah. away? Is it time to put the sweaters away? That sort of thing. Now, you're back in the office. You're, you're wearing a pirate jersey. Exactly. Listen, things have changed. So things had started to change here at the office, I would say, three, four years ago, whereas much more casual than they had been before. Mm-hmm. 
since we've come back even more so. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. So it's not just us, though. It's You could be working at a top flight law firm or you could be working at, you know, a place where you're, you know, keeping space in a cube. And it seems like these dress trends have kind of hit everybody. I think people could be wearing overalls. They'd just be happy to see you. That wall, that's right. true. <laughs> okay. That's true. Are you, are you the maintenance guy? No, I'm head of the law firm mm-hmm. and I'm wearing overalls. Right. Probably not. Listen, uh, I was in town recently and happy to see, of all places, Brooks Brothers is still open. I love Brooks Brothers. I, I love how it smells when you walk in. Me too. I mean, I mean Brooks Brothers. Talk about a bygone era. Oh, my gosh. Who? How, how are they staying in business? I have no idea. That is like, you know, a 1960s yep. fashion. Maybe 1950s. Yeah. But that's like the, the Mad Men era. Yeah, right? sure. I mean, it goes back even further, of course. But, the, you know, right. the, the heyday of Brooks Brothers yeah. was certainly 50s, 60s, I would say. Right. When I started here, however, I mean, I was wearing silk blouses and... You know, pantsuits and mm-hmm. heels every day. All dolled up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At all, right? But seriously, the whole culture is different now. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that it's that I've, maybe it's that I've just fallen off the wagon no. and I'm, but I, I feel like that's just what people are wearing now. Well, you don't see, excuse me, we don't see clients like we used to. Right. That's changed. And clients are dressed differently as well. Right. I mean, everything's on the, you know, the Zoom screen. Right. Yeah, I don't know. things are really different. All right. So anyway, pencil skirts are out. Oh, jeez. Because mm-hmm. I just was thinking. I know you were thinking about that. What's a pencil skirt? I mean, uh, it's a thin skirt, right. obviously. Uh huh. It's a thin skirt, mm-hmm. like black. You know, straight down. Mm-hmm. Rachel Feinzig of the oh, Wall Street Journal. You, yeah. you know, Rachel. She says, uh, "I mean, I don't think people are going to show up to work rolling in their pajamas." But I think there's a sense that we've gotten used to dressing like this, and it's become acceptable. And also, the way we live our lives today, they're just different. Yeah, everything's different. All right, what about jeans? Do you how many how many pairs of jeans do you own? Thirteen. What? What? I, and the fact that I know that number. Thirteen. I just I was I was folding them just this morning. Really? And I I decided to count them. I have two. Do you really? I have two pairs of jeans that I will, will you know that are work jeans like mm-hmm. I, I wear here, mm-hmm. but then I also have a pair of like. Saturday, working around the house. Are those spill included paint in your on. two? Or is that, no, no, no. That's, so you have three. Right, three okay. pair. But like, you know what I mean? The, yeah. That are covered in gold paint or green, whatever. Right. Christy, how many pairs of jeans do you have? Probably about 15. 15? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What happens? I, what happens? I love jeans. I mean, I wear jeans a lot right. because of what I do. Right. I can't be wearing pencil skirts. No. Right. So wait. So what's the variety in the difference? Well, there's all these different cuts, John. Okay. I mean, you oh, got, that is the, right. So we've recently, enough, if I'm following lightly on the trends, mm-hmm. we've moved from the stretchy tight jeans right. to a more relaxed jean. Right. So is the, that true? So the skinny jean apparently is, is out. gone. I still wear them. I wear still wear them too. Thank you. I refuse to wear them. Okay. I've had it. Gen Z's trying to kick us out. Done with the uh, skinny jeans. Still wearing skinny jeans. Um, you could have your uh, high-rise jeans. Right. Which Or your mid-rise jeans. No, wait. No, or wait. your low-rise jeans. When you wear these jeans, like say you wear the pencil, in the pencil, like the skinny jeans. Yeah. Are you self-conscious and you go, well, I'm a little out of fashion? No. 
You no, don't care about that? No, because Gen Z does not rule the world. So. Exactly, Christy. Well, what's, what's Gen Z is what? Gen Z is the, they're younger than me. The fashion, right. arbi- they, they're the fashion yeah. arbiters? Sure. Well, they're the ones that are yapping about it. Yeah. Oh, they are? They're trying to pull back like the 2000 trends that I wore in like middle school. Yeah. I like this. I enjoy the skinny jean. Not all the time, but I enjoy the skinny jean. But you don't feel bad about yourself. Like, no. And I can still I, buy them. So if I'm still buy them. I'm wearing them right now. Yeah. I feel yeah. good about it. Because I've got, I don't have skinny jeans, but I've got like, you know. Straight leg. Stretchy kind of thing. Oh, well, every of... jean should be stretchy in my mind. Every jean should be comfortable. No, or I, why I don't, else th- are we I don't agree with that. Because I've got like, my work jeans are like pure, just like denim. Yeah. And I but, love them. I wish I could okay, wear them. Okay, there you go. As long as they're comfortable. Yeah, they are. But I, I don't, I can't stand any denim that's like crunchy. Crunchy? What do you mean crunchy? You know, denim that's just not soft. Not washed in, you know, not worked well. You just kind of feel like you just got it out of the store. Like, I want to feel like I've had it for a decade. Right, right, right. Well, I kind of like it. Like, when you do go shopping for jeans, they present you this whole palette, right? Yes. What's interesting to me is the the um, the dye. You can buy, like, the super, super blue, like, indigo. indigo right. Give me Coke. <laughs> and you can also buy, how about, I always, I can never, I mean, granted, the trend of ripped the, jeans. Oh, I have a lot. I like oh, you too. I do not like that look. I love it. I, I mean, you see people getting like, <laughs> my oh my gosh. big pockets of flesh bulging out of someone's leg, and that's like you know, kind of frayed hole. That to me, there's no beauty there. I like it. I, it looks like I have a bunch. Me it, too. It looks like you worked in a factory and got stuck in a machine. No, I like <laughs> it. People, it's a, it's interesting to me how strongly people feel about that yeah because when i wear ripped jeans which i try not to wear to work because i know people are sensitive about it um people all there are people comment people comment on them strangers no people i know what like if say? i would wear them to church oh or i would wear them around church someone always says something about it like i used to wear them like, here here not no to the church yeah but did people say things to you no because it was like a norm okay really yeah well you get yeah. smarty pants comments People would say things oh, like, nice. are, "What? So are you are you you, you, pay know, extra you going for that. to the woods after, mm. or did you pay extra for that, or you know some comment?" I wore them to work here one time. I remember. Well, I've, I've, a couple times I've done it. We all dolled up. Anyway, I remember one time Kenny Woods said something. Kenny. Mm-hmm. Kenny. Ken- Kenny was like, "Kath, what's going on there?" I was like, Oop. Mm. "Well, you know." Kenny doesn't approve. No, maybe he did approve, and he just. No, I don't think he did. Let's call him. Okay. Is he still here? No, he's gone. He's gone. He's probably taking a nap. I want to bring him in here and ask him straight up what he thinks. I don't know. It. I mean, the whole thing's weird. Fashion's just weird, isn't it? Like, there's like an arbitrary. If it was up to me, I'd still be wearing bell bottoms. Well, you can buy, you know, wide leg jeans for women are widely available. I mean, but not for you. Bell bottoms. I'm only kidding. I would never really wear Thank bell goodness. bottoms. I just, I worry. How about the elephant bell bottoms, which I thought were like fabulous. Listen, that's the worst. I love, that's a, that's a fun, that's, that's a great look. That's the ugliest look. look. No, it's no. way better than the ripped jeans. No, it's not. It's times Get 10. Get out of here. Times Get. 10 it is. The ripped jeans over the that's elephant so bell bottoms any wrong. day. Elephant bell bottoms. You know what They're those cool. are, Christy? Yes, They're super I know. cool. Aren't they the worst? They're the, horrible. I what? can't believe you think ripped jeans are better than those ripped jeans, I'm like, seriously? Now, the ones that are completely ripped, like the one, that's, that, ripped? that's a lot. You know, like the ones that are, you know, like all the way down the thigh. Like on. Lizzo. That's. <laughs> are those ripped jeans? I think that's a step beyond that. 
that's gone. Yeah, that's, gone that's something. Anyway, okay, so so no to the ripped jeans for you. No. Mm-hmm. Do you look at uh, look Christy like and I the, less no, because no, we, I just she has fifteen pairs of jeans and I have thirteen? No, it's just fashion. You know, I just what do you, I just? You think what do we need all those pairs of jeans for? Kind of because they're all a little different. Christy, I agree, and yes. you know you can't wear the same jeans every day. No. How about sequins? Do you I have a little sequins so on I, I have one pair that has some sequins in the really? pocket. Kind of like rhinestones, like mm-hmm. Dolly Parton. I don't think it's exact. I like what? Dolly. I love yeah. Dolly. I'm not yeah. dissing on no. Dolly. I'm just saying it's a look, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a Western yeah. kind of a, a little sure. mm-hmm. she-she. It's, mm-hmm. Is it she-she? It might be she. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, just everybody has their own kind of thing. I like different colors, too. I love dark wash. Yeah, dark wash is good. What, I that's like dark super wash purple. Like the, yeah, those yeah. Are I tend to really like the light wash. Would you I wear... Like the, the, oh. But they're really casual looking. They're not oh, really I don't great. like the they're light wash. They're like, not really great for work. They're my favorite, though. Would you wear overalls? I would wear overalls. I've never seen you wear... You, well, I haven't Chris, worn them since no. I was pregnant. That's been a long overalls. Time. I mean, I, I the overall look... Yeah. I mean, me, I look like a farmer. Right. Just, you know, eschew of any kind of fashion. Here's the thing about overalls. Let's just say it. I think we should say it. Okay. They only look really good on people who are very, very small and thin. Oh, I was going to say tall and thin. If, sure. Okay. Just little string just bean look. Thin. And I don't. I just don't feel like I'm in a situation where I want to be wearing. Could rock overalls. the jeans. No, I don't rock feel them. like that. How about painters' pants? Remember painters' pants were a thing. Oh yeah, and they had the like the yeah the the little things hanging notches off notches where you could put your right, and the they were kind of white. That, you know. Yeah. No. No, I think that's gone. Okay. So jeans is a staple, of course. Yeah, uh-huh. and also I like the different colors. I have an olive pair I like very much. Right. I have a tan pair I like very. I have a black pair. There it is. Jean update on Word FM. In case you're wondering what goes on here in the studio. Mm-hmm. Now you know. A lot of ripped jeans, and a lot of shaming apparently too. <laughs> yeah, shaming from one quarter. I'm calling Kenny. Aimed at the other two. Hey Ken, it's my friend. <laughs> The Mechanical Services Company, trusted, proven, preferred for all mechanical systems, heating and air, our team has got you covered, maintenance, service, installs and repair, call us when you need comfort, online at tmschvac.com. The Mechanical Services Company, trusted, proven, preferred. We've all been sold the bill of online school. That you know, you can do it online just as easily as you can do it in person. Same thing, right? It's the same thing. Same I mean, you, can get, you can access the same teacher. You can access the same experience. It's really fine. We all know that's not the case, right? There's a huge difference being in person in a room with other individuals and doing something digitally. So during the COVID pandemic, I look at my own kids and I think of the things that they missed out on. And I'm not just talking about classes. I'm saying, okay, I had one uh, child who was an athlete who, you know, the entire NCAA sports schedule got upended. I have another child who's involved in music and all those music performances got completely cut. I'm happy to tell you that over the last three, four months, I just feel like we're coming up, you know, out of this horrible haze we've been in. I've been able to see sporting events and I've been able to go to live concerts. And it just reinforces in my mind how important those extracurriculars are when you're talking about choosing a school for your child. Because community matters. So if you're thinking about next semester, next year, look at Grove City College because face-to-face, in-person Christian men and women gathering together 
with an education, with a strong faith perspective, there's nothing like Grove City. Look online, gcc.edu. That's Grove City College in person. I understand why people make fun of where I come from. I get it. Word FM presents a night out. I know a guy that wants to date his cousin. I know that guy. With comedian Chad Thornsbury. And he's asked my advice. He goes, man, what do you think? Uh, no. 7 p.m. May 20th at Impact Christian Church, Moon Township. He goes, no, that's not what you're thinking. We just have a lot in common. Yeah, like uncles. General admission, just $30 each. Tickets on sale now at wordfm.com slash night out. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Let's face it, we love Alexa, and we love to let her find your favorite radio station. This one, of course, she could find us easier if we taught her a simple skill. To get started, simply say, Alexa, enable the Word Pittsburgh skill. And after she confirms, you can then say, Alexa, play the Word Pittsburgh. That's all you have to do, and Alexa will learn how to find us. You can listen to us through your Amazon Echo, Echo Show, Echo Dot, and Amazon Tap devices. Alexa, what is your favorite radio station? That's easy. Word 101.5. We'll see considerable clouds for tonight. It'll be mild with a shower in the area, mainly early, the low 60. Couple of morning showers tomorrow, otherwise breezy and cooler, with clouds giving way to some sunshine. The high 63, temperatures falling though to the upper 50s. Partly cloudy and cooler tomorrow night, low 41. Sunshine and patchy clouds Friday, the high 65. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Does this make sense? Does what make sense? The Easter Bunny. Oh, yeah. The Easter Bunny definitely makes sense. 100%. Don't even try to diss on the Easter Bunny. I'm not saying the Easter Bunny is... Of course not. But if there's Santa, why isn't the Easter Bunny allowed? Mm-hmm. I mean, and kids want to get the little visit. They want the little Easter basket and the candy. So, 100%. I, I'm pro-Easter Bunny here, Kath. Mm-hmm. Don't bring it down. Do not even go there. Don't. It makes sense. That does not make oh, sense. Oh, come on. And I am bringing it down. Oh. Because it is the silliest tradition. What? An e- I mean, St. Nicholas was an actual person. My family so- buries buttons in mashed potatoes. <laughs> so please, the Easter Bunny is like a pantheon so, to me. I feel like I'm like tearing down a sacred cow of yeah, some do sort. Not. No, I have to. Because it this, the Easter Bunny what? is, first of all, they look silly. It's like a made-up thing. Bunnies don't talk, and bunnies don't want to hear your... All of a sudden, we turn like the Easter Bunny into Santa in the spring. Here's why they make sense. They bring you candy. Your parents bring you candy. The Easter Bunny does. Why does the Easter Bunny have to bring you candy? That's like somebody made that up because they were looking for like some other holiday that we can sell things for. Uh, anything that brings me candy, I think it makes perfect sense. I'll bring you candy, John. Well, you make sense. Thank you. You don't need the Easter Bunny. You know why? Because it's just dumb. No, no. no it Here's the problem. No, this goes back dumb. to your childhood. Is it? You, you were denied the joy of the Easter Bunny. Your, your parents they failed. Ru- they ruined me. They fell down there. Man and Stan. Stan. Can't Man. believe it. Mm. All right. Okay, well, do you agree to disagree? Does this make sense? Mm. The windshield sun reflector. Oh, now, that listen. silver thing yeah. that you put in there? What? What is now, that If about? I'm living in Phoenix or in the desert yeah. in, somewhere in Vegas... 
But I see those on people's cars here in Pittsburgh. It's kind of like having a swimming pool. I mean, maybe a couple of days out of the year. Right. And if like, you know... I'm, and is that, what's that really doing for you? It it's, deflects the heat away from the... Does it really, though? That's what I'm saying. Because I've gotten into a car where somebody had one of those. It was still very hot. You had one? Oh, someone... I had a friend who had one. Did you bring it up? No. You should have said, does this make and sense, I hope they're not friend? listening right now because <laughs> I think they might be upset. I'm just not sure. It was very hot in yeah. there. Is it, is it less hot? I guess. Than, I think so. I don't know if that's and true. And I think also as a protector of your interior, like the sun, you know. Okay, well, I'm way past that. We, you know, somehow minimizing the, the texture of whatever. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't think it makes sense. It, again, if I lived in California or the Utah desert. Right. But it doesn't. But the Easter Bunny, 100% making sense. It doesn't even make the way. smallest amount of sense. Along with bell-bottom jeans. Just two of those things together. Perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we've got a big old announcement. The biggest of big. Extra, extra, read all about it, big. Grab a seat. Pull up a chair. Cue the music. Welcome in the dancers. That might be pushing it. Eh, I didn't write this stuff. Okay, here's the big announcement. Any Word FM listener who uses United Faith Mortgage when purchasing a new home, we will pay $1,000 of your closing costs. Booyah! No gimmicks, no extra costs, just a healthy amount of niceness. Here's Uncle Ryan to wrap it up. The announcement is true. In reality... We believe that home purchases are going to pick back up this year, and we want to excite you to use us. We're a family mortgage team committed to this station, and we want to go the extra mile. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. I'm list number 1330, Department of Banking, Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Windows are us. You try the rest, now try the best. Your premier exterior replacement company, Windows You can fix the big stuff, you can fix the small stuff. The Mechanical Services Company, formerly QDOT, has fixed HVAC systems large and small for over 100 years for fair treatment, expert service, and affordable solutions. Find them online at tmschvac.com. The Mechanical Services Company, trusted, proven, preferred. The uh are out there. Scratches, dents, unexpected natural events. But with Mako and their magic, your car is no longer tragic. So when life throws you uh-ohs, just say, Better get Mako! And go to Mako.com to book your appointment today. Uh-oh, Brad's buzzed. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's starting with the woots. <laughs> Good thing is, he knows when he's buzzed. Know your buzzed warning signs? Call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from Nitta and the Ad Council. David Skeel is with us. David is the author of True Paradox, How Christianity Makes Sense of Our Complex World. He's a visiting professor at Harvard Law School and is a law professor at the University of Pennsylvania. Here today to talk to us about the legal system and what happened to Jesus on Good Friday. David, we welcome you. Thanks for having me back. David, let's start with the actual trial of Jesus. Sketch it out for us. Tell us what actually happened. Well, the first thing to note was that the trial of Jesus was 
two trials, as many many listeners will know. That initially, Jesus was tried by the rulers, the Jewish leaders um, of of his time and and place, and uh, that after that trial, which was a very very quick trial, he was turned over to the Roman authorities, ultimately turned over to, to Pilate. So. Jesus was tried under two very different legal systems, and when we think about the the trial or the trials, we often uh, think about just how terrible they were, and they were terrible. The Jewish leaders used false witnesses, and the high priest improperly intervened in the trial. With Pontius Pilate, the the trial was kind of seat of the pants. He kept changing his mind. So we're aware that the trials were unfair and were problematic, but what people often don't think about is that these weren't terrible legal systems. These were two of the, the finest sets of laws that the ancient world had ever known, the the Jewish law and the Roman law of the time. And, and one of the lessons of the trial and one of the lessons of Good Friday is even the very best legal systems cannot guarantee that you're going to achieve justice. And in fact, in Jesus' case, the legal systems made things worse. Uh, if, if Jesus had simply been murdered, what happened to him would have been recognized for what it was. But because it had the imprimatur of Jewish law and then Roman law, the law validated the injustice that was done to Jesus. Hmm. So two of the best legal systems of the day ended up with a verdict that was unjust. So tell us then... What makes a good legal system? So there are a lot of different ways to to answer that question. I mean, one thing that you would say is that you want to have what we call due process protections. You want to make sure that the evidence that's used against somebody is genuine evidence. You want to make sure that the defendant has an opportunity to challenge the evidence that, that's brought against uh, him or her. And one of the things about uh, about these legal systems is that defendants did have those rights. Uh, under Jewish law, nobody could be convicted unless there were two witnesses. So the, the law itself was, as I said, was a pretty good legal system. The problem was there that even an effective legal system could be abused. And, and one way it was abused with Jesus was that false witnesses were, were marshaled, and it took the leaders a long time to find false witnesses that could bring a, a charge they thought they could sustain, but the, the underlying laws were pretty good. So one thing I would say would be procedural protections to make sure that people get get fair trials, that things are not done in secret. Um, and a, another set of things that I would say is a good legal system has what we call rule of law virtues. Uh, the procedures are part of it. Part of it is that with the criminal law, crimes are defined in advance. The laws are applied the same way to all people. They're not uh, not applied in different ways to different people. So I think that's another answer to the question. And then the final thing I would say is it's important to be modest about the scope of the law, just how much we try to do with mm -hmm. the law. We, sh we shouldn't make every form of misbehavior a violation of the criminal law because that ends up causing problems. So in the process that Jesus went through, Jesus had no legal representation. There was no one acting on his behalf as the advocate, and Pilate was judge and jury. 
That's exactly right. You know, you, you can look at that either as a as an opportunity, a good side of of the Roman system, or as a bad side. The the good side of it would have been that Pontius Pilate had several opportunities to let Jesus go. He knew that Jesus hadn't done anything deserving death, and and he said it. Um, and he could have simply released him. There also was a tradition, apparently, of releasing a prisoner on Passover, and, and Pilate seemed to have wanted to use that to free um, Jesus, but um, but his uh, accusers uh, protest, protested against it. So the, the good side was that he was Pilate was in a position to do the right thing. The bad side was that he ultimately was the law, and, and his decision was not meaningfully appealable. Dr. David Skeel is with us. We're talking about the trial of Jesus. David is the author of the book True Paradox, How Christianity Makes Sense of Our Complex World. So, David, it makes me think, then, about how Pilate bowed to the will of the people. And I, it makes me think of... of all the issues that we read about today in the news, whether they are in particular to America or their other nations or whatever. And I guess I want your read on that. I mean, how much we want to think that the law is above the, you know, the clamor of the public or blind to it right, or blind to it. But that's never been the case. It has never been the case, and, and it's really vividly shown with Pilate, Pilate, uh, Pontius Pilate, as you indicated, that he, he knew what the right thing to do was, but he was not strong enough to, to resist the crowd, to, to resist popular opposition, and that has always been true. I think we could, we could easily identify two or three issues that are in the news right now that have a little bit of that quality to sure. them, and, and there, there's no way humanly to completely eliminate that, the, the pressure that, that popular opinion has, in my, in my view. The best we can do is to try to make the system as transparent and fair as possible so that it's more difficult to um, to become a, a, a nation of uh, where where the law is what the popular opinion says it is rather than the law is what what the law says it is and David there have been instances where people lawyers legal scholars have taken Jesus and the trial and superimposed the American legal system over on top of that you're aware of things like that right Sure. I mean, every few years there's a book that does that, and, and it, those books go in all sorts of different directions. Sometimes they're used to show how unfair the trial of Jesus was. Um, sometimes they're used to show that the American legal system, by world historical standards, is actually a pretty good system. Yes, there, there is a lot of that. Uh, there are a lot of us lawyers out there, and lots of us lawyers write books, and this is what a lot of those books look like. Yeah. David, what about our legal system today? I mean, we're talking about two legal systems, the Jewish law and the Roman law, that were in existence you know, over 2,000 years ago. How much have we evolved? I mean, is our legal system markedly better and more airtight and maybe more just than that one? It's, a great, it's a great question, and, and I would say... Our system is probably more just overall. Those those were two good legal systems, um, but they weren't perfect. And uh, just to give an example of of their imperfections, 
under the Roman legal system, Roman citizens were treated very differently than those who were not Roman citizens. One reason the Apostle Paul got a fair trial, uh, or a more or less fair trial, was because he was a Roman citizen and he could appeal to his citizenship. If you were not a Roman citizen, then you were treated differently by the legal system. One reason Jesus could be crucified was because he was not a Roman citizen. Roman citizens could not be crucified. Um, so from that point of view, uh, the American system is, is more fair, I think. Uh, there are other um, distinctives, both under Jewish law and under Roman law. Women were not treated as having full standing under the law. So um, in, I know in Roman courts, I think this would have been true under Ro- Jewish law as well, women were not viewed as capable of testifying their 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 testimony was not treated as legally legally valid one of the the remarkable things about christianity was how differently women were treated so in both of those respects the american legal system is is more fair i think overall it is more fair than than either the the jewish system or the roman system but our our system is is flawed as well and and we've been doing obviously a lot of soul searching uh as a country about our legal system uh as a result of Ferguson and Staten Island and some of the issues that have that have come out of those situations. We're speaking with David Skeel, he's the author of True Paradox: How Christianity Makes Sense of Our Complex World. So David, from the um historical hindsight of history, in effect, you could say that Jesus got what was coming to him, that had things not played out exactly as they had not played out, that Pilate was in many ways weak-willed and essentially corrupt, swayed by the crowd, that Jesus would not have been crucified. And, of course, if Jesus not would have not been crucified, then there would not have been the resurrection, which, of course, is what the whole universe is hinged upon and our belief in eternal salvation. And I'm supposed to answer that. <laughs> uh, I, I, uh, I have been uh, that that question or that point has been posed to me before. Yeah, um, and it's a really interesting question. Sort of the counterfactual: what would have happened if things had gone different, right. differently? And you you could say that at any point of the biblical story. Yep. You know, if if uh, if Saul had not been made king, if David had not take, taken over. What I, I think that's true, I, you know, obviously God knew the way things were going to work out. God knew that, that Jesus was going to be our Savior from before the beginning of the world. Um, and, and so he knew how it was going to play out. What, uh, the way I would react to that is simply to say, I, I think the story is making a, a really important point about human over-optimism about justice. I mean, what it is saying is we are not capable of producing justice on our own. Even Mm -hmm. the best human legal system will not be fully just. Um, And in a world where we're incapable of producing Jesus' uh, true justice, the Savior is going to be destroyed in some way by the legal system. So, uh, So I think there there's an inevitability about the logic and it's a logic that is completely different from any other major religion or system of thought. Christianity is the only religion, major, serious or significant major religion in world history that is, 
that is premised on a story, or at the heart of the story, is a collapse of the legal system and a reminder mm-hmm. that we're not capable of producing justice at the end of the day. Only God is capable of producing justice. Mm-hmm. Dr. David Skills, our guest, visiting professor at Harvard Law School and a law professor at the University of Pennsylvania. He's also the author of the book True Paradox, How Christianity Makes Sense of Our Complex World. So let's close with this, David. Um, You've mentioned that there's no legal system that could hope to produce true justice. So the natural question is, then why try? Yeah, it's a great question, and, and a question I often get when I'm talking about these issues and talking about the book is, well, does this mean that Christians are really pessimistic of, about justice? You know, do Christians not care about justice? Do Christians think that that we should just throw up our hands? That's exactly the wrong takeaway, in my view. In my view, once you recognize our, our, our incapacity, once you look back through history and see all of the times when we human beings thought we could ensure a fully just society if we just got the right legal system in place and see that that hasn't worked, I think you go to plan B. And, and a couple, I just make a couple points about what the implications might be. One, one set of implications is we need to be modest about the legal system and what we can do with it. We, we need to avoid the tendency to, to assume that a law is the solution to every problem. Much more often, changing people's hearts is, is more important than particular laws. And when you try to do too much with the law, often it, it backfires. And the classic example of this in American history is prohibition, the prohibition of, of making or selling alcohol in the 1920s and early 1930s, it was a very well-intentioned law that actually undermined people's um, people's opposition to drinking and to, to drunkenness. So one point is is a point about modesty with respect to law. The other point I'll make is Christianity has really important implications for things like human rights and, and what the value of human uh, human life is. Christians don't have a monopoly on Christ, on human rights. Lots of, of non-Christians care deeply about human rights. But Christianity has very different implications for what human rights are. What Christianity teaches is we're each made in the image of God, and so we are, we are all equally valuable to God no matter who we are and where we are, which is a, a very different conclusion than secular conceptions of, of human rights reach. So I, I would say there, there's some implications for law, such as those two. And then the final thing I would say is Christians are ultimately optimistic about justice. Even though we're mm-hmm. not capable of producing a truly, truly just society, God is, and he has promised that he will. He has promised that um, when Jesus comes again, what Jesus will usher in will be a truly beautiful, truly just society. And that suggests that the things we do to try to make our society a little bit more just now are part of what I like to call an eternal reclamation project that, that uh, only God can complete. From Harvard Law School and the University of Pennsylvania, we've been speaking to law professor David Skeel, who's also the author of an excellent work called True Paradox. How Christianity Makes Sense of Our Complex World. David, we thank you. Oh, thank you. 
This is an important notice to consumers facing $10,000 or more in credit card debt, medical bills, or other unsecured debt. You're not required to pay it all back because there are special programs now in effect that will significantly reduce the amount you will owe if you qualify. This is not bankruptcy or a debt consolidation loan. These programs, which the credit card companies like to keep secret, exist to aid American consumers struggling with overwhelming credit card debt by offering tremendous savings and real debt relief. Accredited Debt Relief has established a special hotline for you to call and learn what savings you qualify for. They've helped qualify consumers with over a billion dollars in debt and are A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. So don't wait. Get the relief you need during these hard economic times. For this free information, call the Accredited Debt Relief Hotline now. Call 800-786-2300. 800-786-2300. That's 800-786-2300. Every summer, Pine Valley Camp changes lives. Not just for the more than 100 underserved kids who attend each week, but for the many high school and college-age volunteers and staff who work with them as lifeguards, cooks, camp counselors, and more. If you're 16 to 25, love working with kids and helping to foster a fun, safe, Christian family environment, apply now at pinevalleycamp.org. Pine Valley Camp, rebuilding broken lives through Jesus Christ. In Beaver County, camp opens mid-June. Are you interested in helping people with addiction? Do you want to help others through private practice counseling? Waynesburg University offers a 100% online Master of Arts in Counseling degree, as well as a Ph.D. in Counselor Education and Supervision. Visit waynesburg.edu. The Mechanical Services Company, trusted, proven, If you can fix the big stuff, you can fix the small stuff. The Mechanical Services Company, formerly QDOT, has fixed HVAC systems large and small for over 100 years for fair treatment, expert service, and affordable solutions. Find them online at tmschvac.com. The Mechanical Services Company, trusted, proven, Right now, there are young people across the world facing a tough choice. Continue their dream of education or drop out to help their family put food on the table. You can help change their future in a single moment. See how far your support can go at unbound.org. Down the hall. Hope you did. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That's a lot of information. It's the end of the show here. So, um, I still... Am involved in renovations to my house, and You're by and by involved, I mean I'm sitting there waiting for somebody to come back. Right, um, and so home. I have no way to prepare anything for Easter dinner. I don't. I mean, unless it's in the air fryer or on my hot plate, mm-hmm. um, and I have no table to sit at or you, anything like that. You know what you need? What the Easter bunny? <laughs> no, you know why? Because that's fake. <laughs> anyway, so I was thinking about. Like um, so, I was invited to, or I kind of invited myself oh. to be honest with you, to my niece's house. Okay, so we're gonna hang out over there. Hey, what are you guys doing? But I'm going things? to bring food that I'm buying somewhere else, mm, mm-hmm. and that goes against my grain because I really thought I you really don't have love a kitchen. to cook, and th- but you, I can't do any of no, that. No, no, right? So I shouldn't feel any guilt. No, about no. why that, would you feel saying? guilty about that? Okay. No, I feel a little bad. No, no. <laughs> you're showing up. You're having a good time with I your feel family. Like I should be looking up no. recipes to make in the air fryers. Oh yeah, no. Okay. You're gonna, where are you going to go? Are gonna, what are you going to have? you going to have ham for Easter? Yeah, they're going to make a ham, but I don't really wild about ham. What are you going to have? I think ham's fine. I'm going to get a big vat of pasta. A vat? Mm-hmm. I'm going to like a, a big like family-style serving With tin. meatballs? 
I think so. Oh, that sounds pretty good for Easter. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah. With marinara sauce? Yeah. I like it. I really it's like the idea. It's pretty simple. Everyone's going to be very happy. Yeah, thank you. Good job. I appreciate that. Hey, thanks for being with us. feel a lot better. Yeah, it's my job. Part of it. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.